When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Poke the Bear episode 164. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I know that uh, on Thursday you were at the Bruins uh, golf event. Did they let you uh, take a swing? I saw they had on the um, they had the longest drive with the wood with the wooden driver. Did they let did they let the media members take a big swing with it? No, thankfully they did not, Evan. I, I can't think of a worse way to, to start the season on a, uh, on the wrong foot than to, to golf and just get mocked by everyone uh, before the season even starts. So thankfully, I think the media used to be able to uh, take part in some capacity in the golf tournament. They have uh, done away with that, which again, for me and my game, I appreciate. So crisis avoided there. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, uh, I, I don't think I would be doing so hot out there. I My golfing thing is always if I have like probably like five good shots in an 18, an 18 hole game. I'm like, all right, there it's you go. You know, I remember the good. I remember the good stuff. The bad stuff, though, uh, I just can't stand. I just it, it kills me to uh, to to go through that. But uh, anyways, we'll get to some of that stuff in a second. First, though, uh, I came out on Tuesday. Uh, the Bruins uh, top 100 players for significance. For importance, I know you uh, were a part of that. Uh, were there any surprising omissions for you guys? You felt strongly bang the table over, said Casper's Dogovins should be on that list. Uh, was there anyone that that you were super passionate about that that didn't make the the group? Yeah, I, I think it's probably more nitpicky than anything. I think people did a pretty good job of encompassing a lot of different errors. They always run the risk of players who maybe uh, from an older generation, especially like the. The 20s and 30s, 40s, maybe people who didn't watch them play. Um, what about those guys getting omitted? But it seemed like there was a, a good uh, job by all involved about encompassing all those different hours, making sure they're all represented pretty well. Um, for me, guys, it sticked out that I put down. Um, Brian Ralston, I think, was a really good player for this team for uh, a pretty solid stretch, had a 30-goal season, a couple of 55, 60-point seasons. Um, a key piece to some of those maybe – forgettable late 90s early 2000s team so uh would have liked to see him get a little uh credit and then it's probably a probably a bit of a stretch but i i gave a, a vote further down the list to greg campbell who i thought again part of that 2011 team was really important in his role but i think you also look at the historic 100 you know they view it as 
you know, not even the best player, but also the most legendary. And I think you look at obviously his contributions in 2011, but also in 2013 playing, uh, you know, on the, the PK with the, the broken leg. You look back at that 2013 um, cup run and obviously people look at game seven against Toronto. That one sticks out the most, but I feel like that's another iconic moment from that sequence. It's kind of in that, that hall of moments like the, the Krug hit or what have you, where like Krug probably could have gotten some some credit beyond the fact that he was just a great player. Like those are moments I think stick with a lot of Bruins fans. So uh, I wanted to give Gregory Campbell a good good foot soldier for what he was on the fourth line, some credit as well. But no glaring omissions, not anything that made me flip a table or anything like that. Well, that's good. That's definitely a good thing. Uh, and you didn't even mention Campbell's most important contribution to the Bruins, which was his performance in the 2011, in the 2011 Zoom. 2011 Zoom? Yes, of course. Yeah, yes. I think that I think that deserves a spot in the top 100 um, on its own. But yeah, I didn't. Looking at that list, I mean, again, I'm I you know I wasn't a part of it. I'm not super up on the 20s, 30s, and 40s Bruins. Um, so maybe there were people that were omitted from there, but there was no one that I was like, oh, how. How did they get on the list or how, how weren't they on the list? Um, I'm curious to see the full team, which comes out this upcoming week, right? Next week? Uh, the full team then until October. Not oh, October. Until after That's the right. first, uh, not until the first. That's when the discourse will start. We'll we'll dive into that a little bit more when that happens. Uh, but we'll say that for another time when it gets to the all centennial team. What's funny is we would kill for that kind of content like midsummer, you know, we'd kill for that stuff. And yeah, then we'll get it in October when it's literally you know, the day, the day after the season opener. So yeah, like we'll have more than enough to discuss and we'll discuss that. Uh, one other thing I remember, this is not on our show planning, but uh, Saturday today, this, the day this drops, uh, the Bruins will be having a the fashion show at Logan airport uh, to showcase the new jerseys. Uh, there have been like, you know, people have kind of projected what they might think. I know I saw, you know, in their uh, their kind of teaser video, there was some gold. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I People have asked me, what do you think about it? What, you know, what are you hoping it is? I trust them to get it right. I know that's a, a really annoying take, but they typically don't go super over the top. They're an original six team. They have creativity. You know, this isn't the Canadians where they stick with pretty much what they've got. You know, they like to go outside the box, but they don't go too far. You know, this isn't this isn't Arizona um, or like Vancouver, one of those places. So I trust them. Uh, there's a chance that if, you know, the jersey's covered in gold, like the Vegas ones, it might look not so great on a runway, but then it gets on the ice and it looks okay. So, I mean, what do you think? What, what are you hoping for? Is there anything that you want? Um, yeah. What are your thoughts going yeah. on? I mean, I'm curious to see what the alternate is. I think people also forget it's like three new jerseys. It's not like this one specialty one that they wear on Saturday night. It's not like the Red Sox red jersey or anything like that. This is like the complete overall jerseys. this year. Yeah, this is a complete overall this year. Um, I imagine the the home and away probably evoke some of the, the 80s style. I hope to see some uh, gold socks. That would be a, a nice welcome uh, return. But yeah, again, they're, I don't think they're going to deviate too much from kind of the the hallmark of what they've done. They've been creative while also sticking with the tradition of the team and, and all that stuff. Um, I imagine you're looking at probably something, um, yeah, that harkens back to that 80s style. But as you said, I think it would also be something where you see it on the runway, you see photos of it, and people are like, yeah. And what happens every year? The Bruins unveil a new one. It gets some mixed reaction here and there. Then you see it on the ice, and you're like, all right. I'm going to buy five of these in the pro show. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how it usually works. So, uh, very curious to see the, what they kind of determine um, for, for this. Because, again, if you don't like them, 
you're in trouble because you're gonna see them the whole year. So we'll see. It's gonna be an eyesore if you don't like them. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I think 80s 90s look is the best in terms of that. Also, I remember the 0607 season. Their alternate was sort of like a harken back to like the 70s style jersey. I would love that too. Like anything from that era, that kind of B, that kind of jersey. I love. I think that's uh, terrific. And if they go that route, which I feel like they will, um, I think it'll be a a good. Uh, a good pick. You're right, though. And I will say, and I remember saying this during COVID when we were struggling for topics, uh, they'd had those home and aways for a long time. And they were great. A lot of success with those. I'm not like, I, I don't, I think those are awesome home and away jerseys. Uh, but it was, it's time. It's time to sort of do something different. And this is the perfect season to, to switch it up. So I like that idea. So we'll see what it ends up looking like. I know we're recording this Friday, so we don't have a breakdown of the jerseys. We're sorry. You'll see our tweets about them. Um, and uh, we can go from there. Uh, tr- training camp's coming. And Prospects Challenge is this weekend up in Buffalo. Bruins sending all their top prospects up there to compete. Uh, and it begs a question. Which Bruins prospect has the most pressure opening camp? What is your pick, Connor? Yeah, I, I look at, you know, you can look at guys like Lorai and Marky Love and Lysel, but I think we've already talked about the fact that um, these are guys that I don't think the, the onus is on them to make. Again, they'd love to break camp with the Bruins, but I think we're all expecting them to probably need some more time to marinate down in Providence. You know, they've already got a tough hill to climb in terms of leapfrogging, especially like Marky Love and Lysel. You're looking at not fourth-line roles. You're looking at them beating guys like you know, PTO, like Heinen and Cheyasson, but also like, you know, Frederick or, you know, Geeky, James Van Riemsdyk, what have you. So that that's a tough ask for them. I look at one guy um, that I think has a potential to fight for role is Johnny Beecher. Cause I think you look at as much as that bottom six is in so much state of flux and there's so many different ways you can kind of roll out the best six man unit there. 4C still seems to be a spot where there's not like a set proven option there. Like you look at like third line wing, Frederick, all the guys we mentioned, a lot of pieces in place. 4C is it, you know, Patrick Brown is the only kind of veteran incumbent there. So I think there is a, a spot for a guy like Beecher to, to fight for it. But, and again, we've talked about Beecher. I really like his style of play. I think he can be a really impactful guy at 6'3". His skating ability can make an impact at the NHL level, even if the offense maybe isn't there. Um, he could be a really dependable 4C. So I think there's an opportunity for him, especially, to carve out a set role. But again, it's going to come down to him and what he can prove because um, you just need to see him take another step forward in terms of being more consistent. Again, I don't think anyone's expecting 20 goals from the guy, but um, if he can pot a goal here or there or show some offensive capabilities, um, I, I think that can also go a long way towards him fighting for a spot. So I think he's a guy that has a lot at stake uh, going into this training camp. Yeah, I would agree with you on Beecher. Again, first-round pick, a guy that, you know, I know we have always said bottom six, and I know the consensus is bottom six, but, like, that's a first-round pick. You know, you expect him to, like Frederick, contribute at the NHL level and, um, you know, has the has the skating defensive abilities. I know the hockey sense is something people kind of get on him for here and there um, and the offensive abilities. But again, I'm really curious to see what he can, you know, if he can kind of carve out a role in, in this season. It doesn't have to be this season, but I think with there being an opening on the fourth line as 4C it makes some sense if he can make it this year. Um, again, a guy that Montgomery has to trust. They have a lot of veterans down there that can be trustworthy. So I think Beecher has to kind of prove it there. I'll go with a different one, though. Mark McLaughlin. 
McLaughlin's kind of been banging on the door. Feels like for a while. It's only been, I mean, he came up in the 20, uh, the 21, 22 season. Everybody thought he'd make the team last fall. Didn't. Um, he's a guy who will contribute at the NHL level. I think there is an NHL spot for him somewhere. I just think for his own sake, he's a hometown guy, BC guy too. Like you want to make this team at some point or else are you going somewhere? You know, are, are they, are they dealing you for like a sixth or seventh round pick? Because you know that he can contribute on a fourth line somewhere or in a bottom six role somewhere. So I think for his own good, I'm not saying they're going to trade him, but I think at some point, like if there's just too much of a log jam down there and you have Lauko and Beecher and Merkulov, all three of those guys have higher ceilings. McLaughlin, you know what you're going to get. I think for the most part, I don't think there's a ton more there in terms of, you know, offensive ceiling, you know, oh, he's going to be a, he's going to be a second line right winger soon. Like, I think he's just, he's a very, very, very solid bottom six right winger center. And I'm just curious, you know, if he doesn't make the team this year is a team calling and saying, Hey, we need kind of a reliable young piece that maybe we can develop into something. And that's a guy that maybe, you know, goes somewhere else. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but um, just in terms of pressure on him, uh, you know, I think, you know, and he's reliable. That's the other thing. It's like, he's a guy that I think could fit in the Bruins uh, fourth line this year and make some sort of consistent, reliable impact. So uh, yeah, I mean, those two seem like the, the main two. Um, I don't sense a lot of pressure on low riots his first camp. Lysel, I, you know, I think the upside is there, but the top six is pretty full for right now. I feel like you don't need to rush him. Unless, I mean, in a, you know, and we'll get into this more in coming weeks, but like if he's kicking ass at training camp and he's kicking ass in the preseason, you know, maybe you consider him for the third line right wing spot. But even then, it's like, I don't know, extra season doesn't hurt anybody. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. And frankly, that's the best part about FanDuel, is that you can bet on anything. You want to bet on how many touchdowns Mac Jones is going to throw this year? Be my guest. Maybe how many wins the Bruins are going to have in 2023-24. Go for it. You can do it all. So bet now on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus in President Mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Go to gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime.
Yeah, I think like the best case scenario for a guy like Merkulov or Lysel or even Lorai is go down to Providence, uh, really improve your overall game. And then if either there's stagnant play up at the NHL or these guys are pushing hard enough, if you warrant a spot and all of a sudden you're in the equation by January or, or February or, you know, I think Lorai needs a lot of time in Providence. But if he's a guy that gets a match and you're getting ready for a playoff run and he, he's in place to kind of give you an added uh, boost there. I think that's what you're more looking at as opposed to him breaking camp. Again, they'd love to be surprised and have a guy look like a, a Carlo or someone else like that that kind of exceeds expectations. But if you're able to find that spot or a guy like Merkulov midseason becomes a guy that maybe gives you a bit more of a scoring punch in that third-line spot, I think that's how you kind of view it um, as opposed to the onus is on them. Like, this is my last chance to, to break camp with the team. I don't think that's the case for any of those guys. Yeah, I I don't think it is either, and I don't think there's any rush. I know that people are going to see, you know, a Lysel highlight at camp and be like, oh, my God, he's ready for the NHL level. And it's like, no, it's fine. You can take time. Nothing wrong with that. And we've always – we're a pro getting the bag podcast if you're a player, and we're a pro take more time to develop podcast in the minors. We've always said that. I think we've always been consistent on those two things. Everything else has been a little inconsistent on, but those two things were very just consistent. Those things. Nothing else. Yes. <laughs> Nothing else. Just those things. Um, so back to the golf tournament on, uh, on, on Thursday, uh, Montgomery acknowledged that defense is this team's biggest strength. I think it hits on a thing that we've kind of been discussing is like, are you going to outscore a team like Toronto or Tampa or even like a Florida or a Buffalo, probably not. But where you do have the advantage on those teams is on your back end. Yeah, I think it's something where uh, Jim Montgomery more or less mapped out. Listen, we all know the forward grouping is going to be really, uh, you know, overhauled this year. Uh, as much as you have talent on the wings, you still have to figure out what you have with guys like Coyle and Zaka. And again, as we've said, bottom six. Who the hell knows what it's going to look like? Even when we open uh, the season on October 11th, it's going to look very different, I think, that third and fourth line throughout the year. It's going to change week to week, probably. Uh, if you're the Bruins, it's all going to come down to uh, their defensive capabilities. And Montgomery more or less said, you look at their goaltending, you look at their defense, they're still two of the top units in their respective fields in the NHL. So you're going to have to rely heavily on them. And I think Montgomery made a good point that it's not just the – the you know the d zone play and how important that is but they're gonna have to rely on them a lot more in terms of killing plays beyond the d zone like i think one thing people look at with guys like Krejci and bergeron obviously but even a guy like thomas nosek is how much plays died off of them killing plays earlier on before it got to the d zone and by doing that not only is it make life easier for the defense the defenseman also freed them up to be a little bit more engaged offensively a lot more is now going to fall on them to be uh, you know, not do their jobs, but a lot of it is going to fall on them now to be that last line before it gets to the the, go- the goaltending. So, um, yeah, it's something you look at this team defensively, McAvoy, Lindholm. I think McAvoy also, we've talked about that before. Another year removed from major surgery, I think should probably do wonders for him. But, you know, Grizzlick, Carlo, um, Forbert most likely slots in there. And again, you lose Clifton, but I think Kevin Shattenkirk can be a very solid replacement in more of a lesser role in that third that third pairing. You have the ingredients in place for very stout defense once again, but um, how they either run with it, they, you know, keep on that level of play. Because if they dip, then you're all of a sudden running into some issues because you don't have the same firepower to alleviate from the faults that you expect uh, on the defensive side of things. 
Or if injuries hit, I think that's the other thing. Yeah, is if injuries that is, hit, yeah. I mean, but that goes for everything. That's not just defense. But I mean, like I'm, I like I wrote down like Grizzik McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Forbert, Chattenkirk. It's a damn good six back there. I mean, that's fine. Like, you know, yes, you're missing Orloff, but and you're missing Clifton. But as you said, Chattenkirk's a solid replacement for Clifton, and Orloff you couldn't keep, and Grizzik McAvoy, you know, as a pairing, works very well together. So like. To me, you know, and then you have Swayman and, and Olmark in the back end. And that's why, like, they're not going to suck. <laughs> this is going to be a competitive team. I know we've said this a lot, and we'll say it more going forward unless things change. But, like, th- that is the that is the key. That is, that is the backbone of this team. And I think, you know, I think the Bruins are fortunate that defense has been a premium thing for them over the past bunch of, you know, the last two decades, really, since Char and Bergeron kind of came to. It's like... They, that was their thing. They were very set on the back end. The only thing that not scares me, but like you think about last year, you know, Montgomery was fine with them trading chances. He felt like, Hey, you know, we, we can, you know, capitalize on more of our chances than the other team. I mean, you look at that, like, you know, um, the Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak line, that was not the most defensively responsible line in the world. Um, and you could outscore teams like that. You got to change up a little bit. I think that's where, you know, you mentioned, you know, you don't have guys like Krejci, Bergeron, Nosek anymore who can break those plays up in the neutral zone. Um, maybe you do need to, and I, you're going to sacrifice scoring because you don't have Krejci and Bergeron this year and Hall and Bertuzzi. But I do think you also have to maybe change, tweak some things, maybe a little stylistically just to put an emphasis more on defense and things like that. So you know, I think that can potentially work out for them uh, down the road. It'll be interesting to see who they pick as their next assistant coach. Uh, Montgomery saying on uh, yes. Thursday that they will be hiring someone in that role. And um, John Gruden was in charge of the D. So it'll be someone most likely who will take that over. So uh, actually, uh, Jim Montgomery speaking to Steve Conroy, the Boston Herald, they're switching things. So now apparently it's going to be Joe Sacco's running D. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. So, good, good catch on that. So I'm glad you every, every, everyone else is uh, switching differently. Like, I think Chris Kelly's now helping to run the power plays. So yes. a lot of stuff changing around. So it would be curious to see, one, obviously who they hire, but also what exactly their role is, whether it's, you know, is it PK work? Is it, you know, there's so many different ways they can kind of carve out different assignments for their coaching staff. So that should hopefully be in the pipeline for next week. And and uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge will run uh, the offense and the defense too. So it'll be, I believe it'll be so. Yes, yeah. so yes. I believe they confirm that. So we'll, we'll yeah. I'll, I'll follow source. up. But yes. per source. Uh, by the way, Chris Kelly. It's an interesting thing because Chris Kelly was never on a power play ever, and uh, you know you, people are kind of like, oh, why is he in a power play? Think about it. It's a guy who was a outstanding penalty killer. He knows the ins and outs of how to beat good power plays. So now he's jumping on the other side. All right. What was something I couldn't really cover as a penalty killer? Things like that. So I actually think the Kelly thing's interesting on the power play. I'm curious to see how that works out, just given his expertise on the other side of things and how, you know, he's almost like he's trying to like beat himself. Like, oh, as a penalty killer, I was doing this and power play will be doing that. So uh, anyways, uh, an interesting guy in the top six. Speaking of guy who's on a power play, uh, Jake DeBrusque. Rusk is an interesting one this year, obviously going into a contract year. So you can expect 45 goals, um, but he's going to, you know, obviously on a different line this year, won't have Bergeron in the middle. Most likely we'll have Coyle. Uh, and speaking on Thursday mentioned how he's a guy who wants to get more into driving play. And I think, you know, when you look at Bergeron, Marchand and DeBrusque on the left side in the past years, you know, DeBrusque has, you know, certainly 
carried the puck quite a bit, but was sort of a passenger sometimes just because you're playing with Patrice Bergeron. Now, though, it feels like he's going to be a guy who takes a little bit more of an onus uh, carrying the puck into the ozone. Yeah, that's something that DeBrus touched on on Thursday. And also something Jim Montgomery mentioned that, you know, they want him to be a go-to player on whatever line he's on. And it's going to be a, a key part of what they're trying to do, right? And you look at this Bruins offense and what you want to get more out of them. A lot of it's going to rely on their wings generating offense and generating play and kind of pulling along. Not to say that they, they expect or know that Coyle and Zucker are just going to be passengers, but as you put those guys in high-pressure roles – it'll do them some good if you have guys like Pasternak with Zaka, you know, being that conduit of, you know, Charlie Coyle is a very solid puck possession center with really good defensive game. But if you want to unlock more offense, sticking him with a guy like Martian makes a lot of sense. And if the Bruce can take another step forward and be not just a guy that, you know, if you feed the puck down low, you can, you know, generate some offense, a guy that can drive play, drive to the net, uh, capitalize on rush chances, um, impact the game in a number of ways. And you kind of saw that last year, you know, as much as he was maybe the third guy on that line with Marshan and Bergeron, made a lot happen, like was moving his feet, could impact the play on the four check, obviously became a really trusted penalty killer as well. Um, and I think his ability to continue to impact the game um, and be a line driver is going to be huge for this team, because I think there's a lot to like about what that top line of Coyle, Marshan and Debrus can bring in terms of a two-way kind of style of play, like, you carve out a lot of ozone time for the Zaka Pasternak grouping as expected. That's kind of your, your home run hitters right there. But if you have a, a line like Coyle, DeBrusque and Marchand that can be setting their own end and negate the other team, especially um, while also chipping in, that can go a long way as well. And I think it all comes down to whether or not DeBrusque who's kind of your quick strike offensive, you know, conduit on that line to take another step forward. So it's something that's good that, you know, Montgomery obviously wants more of that. It makes a lot of sense, but also DeBrusque is very cognizant. I think the last couple of years of being with Bergeron not only, you know, builds that confidence, but I think for him, he's, he's shown uh, himself and for everyone else that he can be a guy that even if it's not, you know, a, a patented, you know, stretch of games where he's got five goals in six games, he can still impact well beyond just however many goals he kind of uh, puts in the back of the net. And guys who drive play more typically – make a little more money. So I oh, think that's, that's another yes. part of it. People forget, people forget that uh, if you are driving play and a guy that you can be relied on, on your, on your line in the top six, you should get paid. And I think DeBrusque realized that. And by the way, he's taken steps in the past couple of years, especially last year to get to that point. So I'm not saying it's going to like come out of thin air this year. Another thing with DeBrusque I've always liked is just the nose for the net to compete. I just think that that is something that, you can't teach, you know, you don't see a lot of, uh, it's not every day that you get a first round pick, kind of a goal scoring guy who that's how he gets all his goals, you know, just driving to the net, finding spots or, you know, usually it's you know, guys who can snipe or guys who can dangle. He's a guy who just freaking puts his head down and just goes straight to the net, uh, which I think is a valuable thing. We've talked about it a lot in terms of him getting paid um, and sort of where they head uh, in that direction. So should be interesting, as it always is. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe? Yeah, uh, we'll obviously have more tangible news to report on uh, this weekend and going into this upcoming week with training camp uh, right around the corner. So lineup uh, projections, roster battles, Obviously, the new sweaters. Um, we'll have a whole bunch of stuff throughout the upcoming days. 
looking at the Bruins' upcoming season. So you can read all that stuff over at boston.com. I'll be at the Patriots game on Sunday as well. So Ooh. we have uh, everything else uh, related to Boston sports um, over on boston.com. So please read all of our stuff there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all of that. And remember to go subscribe to New England Hockey Journal. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week. 